Emergency pod, baby. Enter tank mode. Frank Wright is out. Jeff Saturday is in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Colts cast. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Let's get right into it, Jamal. We're, we're going to be as brief as possible. The dagger has finally fallen on Frank Wright. The Colts fired Wright today. A few weeks ago, we heard Frank Wright is safe. Then Matt Ryan got benched. Then Marcus Brady got fired. And now Frank Wright gets fired. Jamal, let me know your initial thoughts. Well, you already know how I feel. Anybody, anybody who listened yesterday heard me say, how much more can Jim Mercer take? This had to be the straw to break the back of Jim Irsay because it's been too, it's been too long. Every single week, it's the same lame excuse of how it's my fault. I need to do something. It's not the team's fault. We need to figure this out. We need to do that. And as I said to everyone yesterday, it was kind of fishy that Irsay decided to not speak after the game. He's really big on speaking after the game all the time. Uh, but he didn't say a word. He just kind of sat there with a stale face, a sour face. Uh, and that kind of, I mean, that kind of set the tempo. That's a Tim before it was. Reich's post-game conference was definitely lackluster. You could hear, I feel like you could hear the the disappointment in his voice. I I I one would venture to say that He knew. He yeah, knew. I was gonna say, I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure Ursay probably said, Hey dog, you got one more shot. <laughs> Do not miss your chance to blow this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. But no, needless to say, he's out the door. Um, which I was anybody who's listened know that I was ecstatic to hear that. I was excited. I was happy. I said, finally, a fresh a fresh face. Because what people keep forgetting, Eric, people keep forgetting, it's not so much that I wanted, that, that, I, that I expect a new coach to come in and take over and all of a sudden make us a playoff team. No, I have said from the beginning, once we started going downhill, I do not want to, I do not want to go to the playoffs. It's at a point where, I if we are we we earlier during the season we talked about how well we're still in a good position we shouldn't be with a three win you know record right now somehow we mysteriously are and we are in pretty good draft position so I don't want to see a new coach come in and try to turn this boat all the way around I do want the players to play but I want them to play to play not to play to to try to get to an AFC championship game because that's just not going to happen it's not going that's not going to work like that. And I think that I I thought that everyone around us would have the same mentality as well. Or I figured that Jim Mercy would have more of a I want to continue to win more. So he would have ventured out to maybe use John Fox, an experienced coach, or mm. maybe Gus Bradley, an experienced coach, or one of the other many coaches that are either A on the staff or B chilling on another team right now. But no. In classic Jim Mercy fashion, he managed to figure out a way to take this this crazy turn of events and make it even more wild by adding Jeff Saturday, who has never coached a snap of football in the National Football League. So my problem, and I'm I'm gonna head back to Frank Wright real quick. He was a winning coach, right? Four and a half year tenure. 40, 33, and 1. Jesus. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Uh, he also had a postseason win. Two losses came with that as well. But he, he, had a, he had a winning record. 
I, I understand. Band-Aids on quarterbacks do not work. They don't work in the NFL. Hasn't worked. You know, we had seven starting QBs under Frank Wright. All includes Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and Sam Ellinger. And I'll be honest. I'm going to be brutally honest right here. Frank Wright shouldn't have to coach a different quarterback every year. That How do you expect success from that? To me, that's an organizational failure. All the way up to Chris Ballard, all the way up to Jim Mersey. So I'm not the the dagger has finally fallen on him, but I I kind of feel bad for him. QB stability to me is a real thing, and in hindsight, oh, I'm about to say this. I I think we jumped the gun on Carson Wentz. I really do. One year with mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, and we were already out, and we just dug ourselves a deeper hole. Hindsight is 2020. That's really what I believe in. But yeah. No, and I I agree with both statements that you just made. The first one about Reich not being able to work with, I mean, 12 different quarterbacks in his five-year tenure. I know this is exaggeration, but um, it's not fair. It's not fair. And I also thought that it was not fair that during this time, Ballard has not come to a podium once to talk about what's going on in the organization. I don't always expect a GM to come out and be vocal on everything, but there comes a point where I would like to think that if you know that, your team is on the decline, especially when you were the one who said that you didn't want a receiver, you didn't want a veteran receiver, we didn't need any other players at any other position because we liked our groups and we were confident. I do think it was kind of messed up for Ballard to never come out and say anything and Wright continuously take the blame on himself. Um, of course, I know that comes with the job of being a head coach, <clears throat> Excuse me, but I also feel like as a GM, their responsibilities to, like you mentioned, Eric, to set your coaching staff up for success. And mm. we did not. Uh, yep. Now, I do think that, like you said, we probably did jump the gun with Carson a little early. But also, it was hard because Frank has to take the fall for that one just because Frank vouched for him. He, you know, and he handpicked him. Yeah. And he, he eventually tossed him to the Wolves as well. So I feel like he lost a lot of confidence in him too. So I do think that uh, we, we did probably prematurely get rid of him. It's a lot of scapegoating, man. Yeah. It really is. Exactly. It's it's always throwing people under the bus. Exactly. It's dirty. It's dirty, man. Need a new culture, man. You do. And, and, and the biggest thing I will say, like, I, and the reason why this, the new culture is not going to happen with Jeff Saturday is because Jim Irsay, as I have said before, Jim Irsay is still living in the past. This reminds me so much of how the Cowboys organization is run. They still think it's 1990. They, they still think it's that 90s where they were winning Super Bowls. <clears throat> the same way that Jim Irsay still thinks it's 2006 when they were going to the Super Bowl. There is no Dallas Clark. There is no Brandon Stokely. There is no Reggie Wayne, no Marvin Harrison, no Jeff Saturday, no Peyton Manning. All that. These days are over. They're over. You cannot keep bringing in all these old people and expecting something to just magically reappear. There are so many, so many coaches out there right now who could have come in and tried this right here. And and I understand the interim head coach, you, you know, like I said, it's just more of a tryout position or whatever. That's fine. You know what I like to see Jeff Saturday do for us, Eric? How about he go coach the O-line, which is what he was great at. Mm. Go be the O-line coach and let Gus or John Fox or anybody else step up and be the coach, the head coach. But let Jeff Saturday do what he knows how to do. Let him go to the position he knows how to go to. Not give him a title off of someone who has never coached in the NFL before. I just Man, don't, that doesn't, under, that doesn't make sense. Hold up. I'm about to make it make sense. All right, please do. Tank mode, baby. He, he already sees the writing on the wall. It's franchise QB time. I hope we, so. We bought to extend those 
those five losses the 13 losses baby <laughs> 3 13 and one because yeah that was my question jamal you, and i wanted you to help me understand the hiring of jeff saturday's there Zero coaching there. experience at the collegiate and professional level that's wild to me i know he's a likable guy though you know has a good standing from his all pro years with the colts but i'm surprised he got picked to be interim head coach mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. I said, to me, confirms this season is now in the dumpster. It's like a trial period for everyone, including Sam Ellinger. And <laughs> it's that free trial, you know, you have to cancel before the 2023 season starts if you don't like what you're getting type of trial. But we are in that free trial, baby. Look, yeah, I, I do think, because you brought up he should be coaching the offensive line. I, I think the offensive line probably gets better in the in the near future. Because, you know, Jeff Saturday, he played center. Super Bowl champion, four-time All-Pro, six-time All-Pro bowler. Or, yeah, six-time Pro bowler. I think with that kind of resume at the helm of the Indianapolis Colts, you would think it would have a positive impact on the O-line in the future, right? You would definitely think so, but i also like to just go back to remind the world that not everyone who was a great player is a great coach. It doesn't oh, yeah. always work out like that. And I think a lot of times people forget that. Like, like you said, Jeff Saturday is a household name. Anybody who who loves a nice guy, you love Jeff Saturday. I mean, he he's a he's an ESPN analysis or analyst. I'm sorry, and I mean it's good. Like he on TV, he speaks well, he acts well. He's very PC. Everything about him is like a stand up guy, which is good. But I said the same thing when we did Reggie Wayne. I said, are we just hire we just hiring him because he's he was successful in the shoe? That's not the way that it works. That you can't always just do that. So again, I do think that Jim Irsay definitely knows that it's over, but. I hope that he truly knows that it's over and he's not well, – and I don't want to sleep on Jeff Saturday because I don't know how his coaching tenure will go for these next seven, eight games. However – Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, no one knows. But I'm just saying that's one of those things where it's like I hope that Jim Irsay isn't like this is our future because as I said, and I will always, Eric, I will always stick to this. Jim Irsay is a great person, but he is a terrible businessman, a terrible uh, uh, owner. Like he he I, I, some of the stuff he does with the football just doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense. This is this this. I mean, I, out of all the things you could do, you go fight, you go hire someone of left field to come be your head to be your head coach. I don't know. Again, and I I hope I hope that I'm just overreacting to it all. Um, but I I I just always feel like Jim Irsay, man. He just. He he's just such a nice guy, but he he doesn't he doesn't run the organization the way a football organization should be run. And going back to what I was gonna say though, just real quick on the players, there people like Peyton. He said he won't go into coaching. These guys won't go into coaching. And the reason the reason why a lot of these guys aren't good coaches, Eric, is because they are so good at their craft that they would expect perfection every single play. And you can't for you can't you can't teach some of the stuff that these people possess. You know what I mean? You can't teach all that stuff. So it's hard for someone to go into the game and give it their all when someone, when the person beside them or who's underneath them isn't going to do it. So I hope that Jeff Saturday is a, is a, I don't know, I want to say humble enough person, but a, a good of enough potential coach that he can get the best out of someone um, but other players who have been great players, it's been proven that they, they can't go on to coach because it's just, you, they, they have a different kind of an instinct that you can't teach the, the next person up. So it's, it's definitely a trial and error thing. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it can't get worse from here, man. I mean, we hit rock true. That's bottom, true. <laughs> I think, with this last game. And all signs point for me, I'm, I'm 90% sure on this, we're, we're aiming for a franchise long-term QB in this draft. That It's got to be it. I don't. I want you to do it in the first round if you somehow feel like you can get in the second round, sure. But if you guys don't draft a quarterback in this class, I am retiring as a Colts fan <laughs> at the end of that draft. Because right now, I'm, I'm giving Sam Ellinger a pass for his outing against the Patriots on the road. I, I don't think he's the long-term solution. There, there were plays in the game that he should have made. He just couldn't do it. Open mm-hmm. wide receivers that mm-hmm. he didn't see. You know, just start him for the rest of the season. Let's see what we have with them. But right now, st- still, I'm aiming for a franchise QB next April. But that that's me because expectations are low for Ellinger. But he needs to play fen- phenomenal to change my mind. I, no, I, you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. I agree with everything you just said. And I just hope that with this franchise quarterback, we're doing it without Chris Ballard because I don't want him to go out and draft a cornerback in the first round because I know he'll do some stupid crap like that. Oh, we don't need a quarterback. We're gonna get, let's go ahead and go grab this defensive end in the first round uh, with a stacked quarterback class because there's probably a possibility we can pick one up in the late second round, early third round. So we better not have that nonsense going on. Um, we, we about to have a top five pick now. Like, it's yeah, CJ but- Stroud season it's bright like it things have changed <laughs> it's so crazy because when i was preaching this knowledge six weeks ago ain't nobody want to listen nah we still one two and one don't worry about it bro <laughs> nah i've been saying this for weeks now it's over you can look at the gameplay and tell it was over you Drop couldn't tell me marcus brady matt ryan was getting but you could not predict all of this when, all right fine once we had three losses under our belt with one win and one tie yes i had already been complaining i said though it's done like just it's over nah we can still get to the play play and play who play who we can't even keep up we, we, we can't even keep up with the Titans, the texans maybe anybody man but we're not going down that rabbit hole today we said short and sweet so i'm glad i'm glad it's not glad obviously i don't i don't pray on a bad season but i'm glad that now holistically we can see that there is a chance i mean now we have a little bit of capital with with maybe some of our draft picks we can try to push them down even more to a uh a late second round or early third round pick on top of our first round pick that we are going to be getting. So I'm excited for that. I am. Yeah, we're going to have a fun draft. Yeah. It, it's QB season, guys. Yeah. I can't wait to do some mock drafts in my quarterback rankings. I love doing that analytical <laughs> stuff. But that's going to be it for us, everyone. I want to thank everybody for tuning into our Mercy podcast today. We do episodes bi-weekly. We got you guys another episode in a few days. Go ahead and check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. And we'll be back to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care. Take care.